Our gospel lesson this morning is taken from the gospel according to Luke. We read chapter 23, beginning in verse 33. Here now, a reading from the good news. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others? Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. May God bless the reading of the word. Well, today is Christ the King Sunday, which is an important day in the life of the church and the church calendar. For 12 months, we've been making our way through the life of Christ. Next Sunday will be the first Sunday of the church year, the first Sunday of Advent. And through the season of Advent, we will make preparations in our homes, in our churches, in our hearts and in our minds, in our lives for the coming of the King, this newborn infant child that would be born King of Kings and the Prince of Peace, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, the Christ. That's Advent. And we make preparations for Christmas. And then we will celebrate that Jesus Christ is the light of the world and we'll celebrate Jesus' baptism and the announcement that this is God's Son with whom the Father is well pleased. And then we will make our way through His teachings. We will make our way through His passion, His death, and His resurrection. And for the remainder of the year, we will look into what it means to live in the kingdom of God, to grow as a follower of Jesus Christ. All this works our way to today when we are given pause to think back on what it means to call Christ the King, our King, my King, your King. What does that mean? We've heard this reading. George read from Jeremiah the prophet and Jeremiah calls out the previous kings. Jeremiah is speaking to a people who have been exiled. They are, he is speaking to a people who have, who have experienced and seen 
and live through horrible, horrible times. Their city, their country has been destroyed and their temple has been laid waste by the Babylonian Empire. This is critical. It's a critical moment in their history, a critical moment in the story of the Israelites, the story of the Jewish people, because in this moment, in the moment the Babylonians conquered Judah and leveled the temple, it was their understanding that in this temple is where God lived, sat on his throne, the judgment seat. And now what does it mean to have that throne, to have that judgment seat, that house, that temple utterly destroyed? And the people scattered throughout the Babylonian empire in exile. Jeremiah speaks to this occasion when he says the shepherds have come and they have scattered the sheep. Scattered them. This is Jeremiah's way of, of speaking to the kings and their deeds and their leadership that have scattered the people, have led to the exile, have led to the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple by the Babylonian Empire. But he doesn't just see destruction. He sees hope. He sees a future. And he sees and hears about a king, a branch of David, that will come and gather together the sheep that have been scattered, will bring them back to the promised land, and there they will live in Judah. The temple will be, will be rebuilt, and this king, this, this branch of David, will live forever. What a vision. What an incredible vision that Jeremiah offers. And it, as I think about this occasion, and I think about all the kings, and you can go through and read through uh, the books of kings, you can read through chronicles, and you can, you can one after the other, the, the scriptures tell us that the king, give him a name, did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Every one of them. And this is what results. This is the result. Exile, destruction. But perhaps something else is taking place when, you, when, we, when the people have been led for generation after generation after generation by leadership that is seen as evil in the sight of the Lord. The people become accustomed. They get used to the idea and the vision of what this leadership looks like, what it feels like, what to expect. One bad leader after another. One evil king after another. That's what they begin to expect. That's what they know. It kind of reminds me of very recently. You'll see Leanne. If you see her after church today, she's limping around. And, we, and this happened. I'm not taking any blame. But we moved an ottoman in our room from one end of the couch to another. And she was walking across the room and hit it kicked it and it moved but not as much as the bones in her foot moved so she's limping around now the reason she's limping around is that things changed it wasn't as she expected that that ottoman wasn't at the far end it was on the near end of the couch and that's that's kind of like life 
We, we go through life with this, with this sense of, of expectation that it's, as it's always been. This is the way it's always been. Day in, day out, week in, week out, month, year after year after year. This is the way life is. I'm also reminded about 15 or 16 years ago, they were rerouting US 431 around Seal, Alabama. Whereas it used to go almost in through Seal, Alabama. They rerouted it to go around Seal, Alabama to save time. But they had to cut off part of another county road to create an earlier intersection that people weren't used to. Now surely the signs were there. There was construction going on for months and months and possibly even a couple of years as they were, as the, the, the Department of Transportation was, was reworking that pathway and to cross that road and to make that, that roundabout through around Seal, Alabama. Well, one afternoon, one holiday afternoon, some friends of ours were driving on 431 and they were, the road had just been open and they were taking that round, that out, roundabout outside of Seal, whereas another vehicle was coming on the U.S., on the, on the county road in towards Seal and didn't see the signs, didn't remember the signs, didn't know there was something new or didn't see that there was something new and did not yield to the stop sign and hit our friend's vehicle at about 55 or 60 miles an hour, killing their wife and their daughter in that collision. Sometimes when we don't pay attention to the signs that something is changing, that there's something new, damage, destruction, pain, depression is what's left. And that is what the Israelites and the people of Judah and the people of Jerusalem saw was pain and destruction and depression. But Jeremiah offers hope that God is not going to leave them in this valley. That God is going to bring a king and something new that will bring them up and bring them home. We have this promise. We, you and I, this congregation and the entire world has this promise that we are not going to be left in the pit and the depression of destruction and pain. But God is going to do something new. And he's going to send a king whose reign will never end. And this reign will be so different from what we've grown accustomed to. It's going to be about peace. It's going to be about love and grace and forgiveness. Those, those will be, oh, those will be the traits of a beautiful, powerful, never-ending kingdom. God sent that king in the form of Jesus and the world did not expect him the world did not anticipate 
a king like Jesus. A king that would forgive those who persecute him, who hurt him, mock him, humiliate him, shame him, spit upon him, beat him, and hang him on a cross to die. Forgive them, Father, because they do not know what they are doing. To the bitter end of his death, Jesus was about love and about grace and about forgiveness. That's our king. That's the king that Jeremiah foresaw. That's the king that God sends to us. A king who will love us to the bitter end, who will forgive us to the bitter end, who will be gracious to us to the bitter end. Because that's the kingdom of God. And it's a kingdom that is shaped by faith, by hope, by love, and grace, and forgiveness that allows for a kingdom of peace that never ends. We have to look for the signs because God is doing something new all the time. Because that's what the kingdom of God does. It renews us. It renews this community. It renews the world. It renews the universe. All that is created. Because Christ is our king. So I invite us on today to pause on Christ the King Sunday. And think about all that we have gotten used to that we don't need to live. Think about all the stuff that we hold. Think about all the stuff that other people hold and want to lord over us. Think about all of the grudges that are held. Think about all the anxieties that we hold tight. All the fears. Think about the darkness in which we live in. And we don't have to. Because God has sent Christ the King. And Christ the King invites us into the light. He invites us to be forgiving and to be loving, to be gracious, to be faithful, to be peaceful. And we can do that because Christ empowers us to do so. So think about the things. I don't know what you live with. I know what I live with. And think about how Christ the King can release us, can liberate us from all that stuff. And to live a life that offers and reflects love and grace and forgiveness to the world and to one another. That's the power of Christ the King. That's the message of Jeremiah and the message of Paul. And it's Luke's gospel that proclaims that this kingdom and this king is far different from anything else we could possibly imagine or have experienced. Because this king is good. This king is God. This king loves us to the bitter end. 
this king will die for us, for the deeds that we have done. This king loves us and is gracious to us. And for that, I am so thankful in this season. So remember, when you're siling up to that table this on Thursday, and you're looking at that turkey eye to eye, and that dressing is falling off your plate, just know we have so much to be thankful for. First and foremost, we have a king. We have a king who loves us to the bitter end. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.